This is Michael Oku, and you are listening to Wrestle It. Have we come up with a tagline yet? I don't think so. Tag your it. That's the tagline. Tag your it. Awesome. Brilliant tagline. Perfect. 100%. We're professionals. I'm MX Sharp, and I am joined by Adam. Hello. Tag your it. <laughs> we call that the hot we call that the hot tag too. I like that. Well, I guess I'll be uh I'm actually hot tagging you because I think you wanted to start in on a little memorializing this episode. Yeah. So, um right I made some notes here because if I didn't I would forget what I was going to talk about. No idea what that's like. <laughs> so like right before our debut episode went out uh, Dean Rasmussen, who is one of the founders of the Death Valley Driver video review, uh, passed away on May 4th. Um, now on Twitter, I mentioned that I never really interacted with him, but I knew the name from reading like the old DVDVR issues in the past and seeing it on the old green DVDVR message board. Um, now I just signed up for the new board back in January and I saw that Dean was still act- active on their posting reviews for pretty much every show he watched uh dropping old matches in there he wanted everyone to check out but if you haven't read them those old dvd vr issues though are really him at his peak um one edition i read had him talking about a barry windham match from like 1992 and then stopping talking about the match and going on talking about a phone call he had with one of his uh it was either phil schneider or phil ripa i can't remember which one and then he completely went off the match detailed the phone call once the phone call was over, he went back and finished the review of the match. So it was like this long, giant, you know, two-page thing on the, of a review. But it was like, it was so cool because you kind of gave like a glimpse into his life. He's watching this match. He has to pause it. He gets a phone call from his buddy. They start talking about something completely different. He recaps the, you know, it's wrestling related, obviously. But he recaps the phone call. He goes back to watch the match. He's like, oh, yeah. And by the way, here's the end of the match. <laughs> that's great i know and he loved it that's one of the things too is he loved to share wrestling with people so if there was a match he liked he really wanted others to see it too so if you've ever read any of those old dvd vrs um his writing is very kind of like uh what's what's the phrase i'm looking for here like um conversational conversational that and um there's a phrase it just it just stream of conscience thank you that yes um stream stream of consciousness so like I mentioned, you know, the other Barry Windham match, and then he goes on these old road reports talking about stuff that he did even before his buddies showed up. Um, there was one where he just like was totally drunk by like eleven o'clock in the morning, and all his buddies showed up, and they went and drove down to Richmond, Virginia, for wrestling. Uh, and he just and he just kept drinking beer after beer after beer after beer during the show, and it was it was just the craziest thing to read. Now, was his writing polished and formal? No, it was completely, it was kind of off the cuff, rough around the edges, and he was writing about wrestling from all over the place. Uh, you know, early 2000s indie shows, battle arts in Japan, uh, anything else he'd get his hands on that he wanted the people to know about and readers to know about. And that kind of goes back to what I said earlier. You know, he loved to share his wrestling with people. If there was a match or show he liked, he wanted others to know about it and he wanted others to watch it too. So there's a lot of people out there that kind of took inspiration from him as well. So uh, Brian Alvarez of Wrestling Observer, if you look at his logo, you'll see that little tilde with the exclamation point next to it. Mm-hmm. Um, that was Dean's signature when he was posting on like message boards and stuff. Oh, okay. He took that from Dean and he admitted it when he did this Observer Live show after Dean passed away. He's like, yeah, the till they bang, I took that from Dean. And then a lot of people who never like met him or knew him, uh, they were influenced by him. So it's kind of like a chain reaction sort of thing where somebody wrote something after they read something by someone who read something by someone who read something by someone who read something from Dean. <laughs> Um, and that's going to kind of continue over time. 
So you'll be, you know, Phil Schneider, you know, he's kind of like, he wrote with Dean in the DVD VRs and he writes great stuff. If you haven't read his stuff, uh, definitely go check it out. He's got a lot of articles over at The Ringer that are just absolutely fantastic. But to learn more about Dean, um, something I would recommend, go to the Segunda Caida blog. Um, That's Segunda Caida, S-E-G-U-N-D-A-C-A-I-D-A dot blogspot.com and read the tribute post that Eric Ritz wrote about Dean. Um, There's also a tribute podcast um, that Chris Zellner, Phil Schneider, and Phil Rippa put out uh, talking about Dean. It's about two hours long. They just kind of recount their friendships and memories of Dean um, and kind of like how DVD VR got its start and whatnot as well. So one thing at the end of that podcast that Schneider said that really kind of resonates with me is to, you know, find something you like and share it with people. And that's what I'm going to try to do is like share matches. I like share things I like. So kind of get other people interested in, in those things too. I really love that. Um, Cause that's kind of the thesis of this whole podcast too, right? We yeah. are finding it, you know, indie wrestling that we love and we're sharing it with everybody. Maybe that's our new tagline. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And if it, if it is, we got to credit Phil for that. So we do, we do. Yeah. We didn't make We didn't come up with that one ourselves. It's gimmick infringement. <laughs> but yeah. Anyway, that's a little bit about Dean. Um, I know, you know, it's been almost a month. It's been over a month at this point since kind of his passing, but I just kind of want to mention it, you know, since we have our own show and can just kind of do a little talk about him a little bit and kind of let everybody know. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's really good. So um, it's really good to share that. I think it's important. I think to kind it of is. share, you know, the history, right, that we have and and where it comes from and the people in it. So I'm really glad you shared that. Well, thank you. And there's there's like 175 uh, editions of the DVD VR. Um, there's actually more if you count the stuff he did that's not labeled as DVD VR. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're, I mean, if you can go go on the internet archive and look for them, and they are just fantastic reads. So you'll get stuff in there from Phil Schneider, Phil Rippa. There's some MMA early MMA coverage in there. There's the Road Report diaries that they do. I mean, they're they're just blasts from the past. And they go in there, they talk about like ROH their road trips to ROH shows in Edison, New Jersey, in like 2005, 2006. Oh wow. So, yeah. <laughs> It's 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 really really great stuff. So I definitely recommend if anybody gets a chance, go on the internet archive, search those out. I think you'll be glad you did. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, everybody should do that. I think I think I'm going to do that too if time allows. That sounds like a really interesting read. Yeah, for sure. So last time we were here, we were just giving you know a little overview, a little uh, taste of of what our podcast is about. And we've had since then a couple of GCW shows. Now, we're not going to be a GCW specific podcast, but I think a lot of our focus is going to be on GCW just because it's so big on the independence right now. We'll see a lot of the of the major names in the independence right now. Um, and I think that it's that it's a good starting point and it's an interesting thing to follow along it is i I would dare say it's like probably one of the biggest independent promotions out there i mean it definitely runs the most shows of any of the independent promotions out there it sure does it sure does run the most shows we were just we were just talking (laughs) so many that i cannot keep up with them half the time i'm usually like two three weeks behind on gcw (laughs) at any at any given moment 
Yeah, I um I first tried to my uh my friend and I we wanted to try to watch GCW regularly back in 2021. So we started mm-hmm. with uh 2021 Homecoming, which was a pretty crazy and excellent show and I formed some very very favorite wrestlers uh watching that show or those two shows because it was two nights Mm -hmm. um and we wanted to try to to follow it along but at that point gcw didn't even have a fight plus subscription so they would be each of their shows was 20 like 20 dollars, and they would be running like two or three shows in a weekend (laughs) and like Mm -hmm. several weekends in a month and just um just both the money and the time it just became so much so we kind of fell off of it and since the the since they came out with the fight subscription i really wanted to keep up with it but it is it is challenging it is yes because they do they do tend to have shows in chunks but i do (laughs) think that it is worth the, the effort to at least follow along with your favorite guys i've got a couple of favorite guys on gcw i've got some favorites too yeah. So since our last episode, I think if we just do it episode by episode, maybe it'll be uh, more manageable chunks. Mm-hmm. So since since our last episode, let's see, we have had fi- uh, Fight Night Brooklyn. We have had uh, Horror Slam v- versus GCW 4, which I have not seen because it's not on Fight Plus same we have gcw the way i am which i have seen and gcw i can't save you which unfortunately i haven't uh been able to finish as of yet yeah same here and i'm i think at the time we're recording this i'm like halfway through it but I, from what i've seen it's been really fun and i really liked the detroit show a lot that was that was the way i am right yes um that was really fun and i liked it and my thing with gcw is i watch it for the death matches and i'm not ashamed to admit it i think the death matches are my favorite part of gcw i like this show because i think there were three death matches on that show or death death match style matches on that show yeah for sure and i think the the one with um you know they're kind of rough all running together at the moment but the Mance Warner one was was really fun and then Masha the the main event the Rena Rena Yamashka against Jimmy Lloyd that that was absolutely nuts oh my god it rules it rules my favorite kind of deathmatch wrestlers are the ones who just lean into being degenerate pain freaks (laughs) like (laughs) Like, Rena will power herself up by slamming her own body on light tubes. <laughs> She's just like, yes. This so bizarre. I love it. It's, it's so bizarre, but yet it's so much fun to watch. When she fucking eats a light tube, I am, like, in love. <laughs> it's so it's good. The- what was the match she had at the showboat? We may have talked about this last time. The match she had against at the showboat uh, against Casey Kirk. Yes, yes. That back in March. That was insane. That was the first time I'd ever seen Rita Yamaska too. Oh, okay. Yeah. She's just she's just incredible. And Jimmy Lloyd. So I mentioned first trying to get into GCW in uh twenty twenty one uh homecoming, and I believe it was one of those shows where I saw Jimmy Lloyd versus Drew Parker. And that's one of those matches that I watched once and lived, has lived rent-free in my head ever since. Like, I became an instant fan 
of Drew Parker, and I just I I am such a huge fan of Jimmy Lloyd off the back of that match. So every time I I see him, it's just a little burst of joy. So seeing Jimmy Lloyd and Rina Yamashita, I loved it. And I'll be honest, like a good death match is is will kind of live rent free in your head and it's just like okay this match was really really awesome mm-hmm. there's some matches from like the mid-2000s and not necessarily death matches but they're like bloody brawls yeah um, they kind of fit into that same vein like necro butcher versus low key mm-hmm. um, and necro butcher versus samoa joe and those matches just they those guys just beat the crap out of each other and those matches i still remember those matches to this day how bloody and violent they were yeah. And then, like, the Necro Butcher versus Toby Klein from, like, 2005. That was one of the most insane matches I've ever seen. I, I even wrote about it for the, for the site. I, this this match was just too incredible not to be written about and chronicled. Yeah. And so, because they threw light tubes, they threw VCRs, they threw computer <laughs> monitors. <laughs> each other. They had... Well, okay, so let's back up a minute. So okay. let's start with the VCRs, okay? So they had a match the year prior in the King of the Death match tournament, and it's the legendary VCR match where Toby Klein stands in the ring. Oh, I love that motorcycle. Iconic <laughs> motorcycle. <laughs> Just as we're talking about death matches. Yeah. So Toby Klein stands in the ring. He has this giant VCR, and Necro Butcher's on all floors, and in, in the he's he's on all fours on the floor. His back's covered in glass, and he just Toby Klein just picks up this VCR and just chucks it full force right down a Necro Butcher. And Necro <laughs> looks up at this perfect minute, and it just bonks him right on the head. No, and you, and you hear someone in the crowd go, "Oh God." <laughs> God, indeed. God. <laughs> and it's it's one of them, and so that kind of led to the other match the a year later, and they kind of recalled that spot a little bit. So like if you watch that match first, the first match is only like five or six minutes, but the second match is like 15, 18 minutes. So and and mm-hmm. the second match I think honestly is better than the first match because they just brawl they just tear that arena up in front of like the 250 or 300 people that are there in this tiny community center in nowhere indiana um <laughs> and you've got dave prazak and cm punk on commentary for that second match mm-hmm. and it's they, and they're just hilarious they make the match too their their commentary is just so so crazy it's just like two two buddies sitting there just like being what the heck are we watching we're watching two guys just absolutely destroy each other for what for the love of the game exactly both those matches are on youtube oh Um, okay yeah i definitely recommend going back and checking those out so if you want some really like crazy death matches those are two i definitely recommend like starting with and even like necro some of the necro butcher matches from that time they're just crazy like he had some wild stuff in czw uh there was some wild stuff just all over he is all he was all over the place during that time iwa mid-south uh-huh. um, i think he even did like i think he did some tournament of death he did uh carnage cup a couple times i think i think he even did um masters of pain in west virginia but yeah he's all over the map when it comes to, like those mid early to mid 2000s death match scene um oh, sorry i kind of we were talking about necro butcher you know what we're talking about indie wrestling that's what this is for so i love that i think that's good those are good shouts and it's it's always great to have uh matches that can be found on oh, yeah. on youtube i think very accessible exactly that's what you're talking about matches that live rent free in your head yes yes <laughs> 
I'm trying to think of some other ones. Um, there was that crazy match from GCW in Montreal where somebody gets thrown off the balcony through a bunch of tables and stuff. Everybody's getting thrown off of balconies on the I know. <laughs> Sammy Callahan and Masha Slamovich did a uh, death match in Revolver. Oh, that's the most recent show, and that was that was completely nuts too. That was about as wild and crazy as you would completely expect it to be. Speaking of Masha Slamovich, yeah. because I uh, want to speak of Masha Slamovich all of the time. <laughs> that's allowed. I dig Masha. Just before, um, just before the uh, Rena versus Jimmy Lloyd main event for the Ultraviolet Championship, we had a five-way scramble match for the GCW World Championship, which was Masha, Lufisto, Maki Ito, Allison Kay, and uh, Shaza McKenzie. Shaza McKenzie. I, I thought it was Shaza McKenzie, but then I was like, if I say this wrong, <laughs> I'm going to be... Ellie <laughs> Catch was supposed to be in the match too, but I'm not oh. sure what prevented her from being in there. They don't know if she was injured or... They, the show, they but... mentioned, yeah, they mentioned that she wasn't feeling well, which is pretty devastating for me, a huge Alley Catch fan. But uh, that match was so good. It was. Like, it was a lot of fun. I feel like it was just very inventive. Um, everybody's personality really had a chance to shine. Everybody really had like you know their moment in the sun in the match. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like. I really like that spot when Masha hit Maki over the head with the chair. Yes. <laughs> and immediately got this look on her face like, oh, oh, I fucked up. Yeah, ex- yeah. Mm-hmm. I know I know the spot you're talking about. <laughs> because, you know, Maki Ito is the cutest in the world, but she's also got the hardest head in the world. Um, And I just, I love when she gets fired up and like, starts hitting herself on the head and everybody panics because you know you you know shit's about to go down she also has the most bedazzled pizza cutter in the world oh my god oh the pizza cutter was who was she who was she bullying with that was that allison i, I want to say it was shaza what no it was shaza it was shaza that she was bullying with because shaza cutter. was I think Shaza, Shaza was bleeding buckets during that match. Yeah, like really quickly too. Yeah, and, was... and Maki was like, uh, "I'm just going to make this worse, thanks." Yeah, it was just she was just like, "Okay, we're just gonna just go to town here. You're already you're already bleeding. Let's just let's just have at it." Yeah, yeah, it was really fun. Yeah. I really, I really enjoyed. Uh, I really enjoyed enjoyed that match. Oh yeah, I, when they announced that match, I was like, "This looks, this sounds like a lot of fun." I was excited to see uh, Alice and Kay, see them bring in Alice and Kay because I've I've kind of enjoyed her her matches for a while now. Yeah, um, especially when she did the um, ROH Women's Tournament back in 2021. Mm-hmm. So that was she was really good in that. And she kind of uh, bounced around. Uh, in, she was an Impact earlier this year. She kind of did some stuff there. Um, she was back in. She was in Impact. Uh, I want to say like I, I want to say like 2016, 2017. I don't remember the exact dates, but you know she had some wars there too. Yeah. So I've I've been a fan of hers for a while, and then um, so Lufisto. So that's a name that some people may not recognize, mm-hmm. um, but she's an independent wrestling. She was yeah, independent wrestling Hall of Famer. 
she just kind of came back to wrestling, I think recently, and I would say it was like late last year, early this year. She had a match with Sawyer Wreck on that GCW Montreal show that was really fun. She wrestled a lot for IWA Mid-South uh, in like the mid-2000s. She did a Queen of, she won a Queen of the Death match tournament um, that I watched. It was in front of 25 people. Oh like God. seriously, there were 25 people in the crowd. Ian Rotten came out before the show. He was like, look, not as many people showed up as I hoped. <laughs> so we're just going to kind of wing it. And he, he's like, I think he's... I think he said like two or three people that he had scheduled for the show didn't show up. So he's like, we're just going to wing it. We got eight people here. We're just going to tear it up. <laughs> and the ring was, the ring ropes were wrapped in barbed wire all night. So it was like a constant parade of people coming. It was like, it's wrestlers coming back and forth, just wrestling in this giant barbed wire ring all night in front of oh like 25 God. people in the community center somewhere. Independent wrestling. Yeah. I think, I think the finals of that was Lufisto against Mickey Knuckles. I don't know if you're familiar with Mickey Knuckles, but she is one of the toughest she's one of the toughest wrestlers out there. Uh she's I think she was like the deathmatch queen before it Steph Delander. <laughs> no, like Mickey seriously, Mickey Knuckles, like I have seen her in some wild ass matches. Mm-hmm. So if you get a chance to see to look up at any of her stuff, I definitely recommend it. To look. Yeah. But yeah. Uh but yeah, so I. Hmm? I was gonna say you were at the Brooklyn show. I was at the Brooklyn show. Uh, I was I was at a GCW Fight Night. I uh, I am a simple creature. I see Zack Saber Jr. on a, a, a promotional graphic, and I buy a ticket. <laughs> um, I uh, perfect. perfect. Uh, yes. <laughs> Um, a huge, huge Zack Sabre Jr. fan am I. Uh, so that was really fun to to be there for his GCW debut. Uh, have you watched the show back? Did you see yourself on camera at all? I have not watched the show back on camera except to uh, double check on a few plot details because uh, there are plots in GCW. I have been following them. <laughs> like breadcrumbs just kind of drop them here and there yeah just drop them here and there you know uh one of the things is um since uh charles mason uh got brutalized by alley catch in a cage um he has been setting his sights elsewhere he had a match at fight night brooklyn against uh against jimmy lloyd my beloved jimmy lloyd and um i really enjoy that match uh he's uh an awful evil creep and he unfortunately defeated jimmy lloyd um but more interesting is that he later in the night interfered in uh joey janella's match against Blake Christian. Blake Christian, yes. I pulled up the card while you were talking. Thank you, thank you. Yeah, yeah he, uh, um, so he interfered in Joey Janela versus Blake Christian so that Joey would lose. And he ever since has been kind of uh, dogging Joey. He's been, he's been coming in, interfering with his matches, uh, making a nuisance of himself. So it looks like that, uh, that matchup is, is sort of heating up right now. 
Blake Christian. I would like to take a minute to talk about Blake Christian. That that's gonna be like an episode in itself. I I I'm not there's I, I don't so wanna much going on there. There's so much going on, but I just wanna I just wanna take a little bit right now to talk about Blake Christian. Uh, because I mentioned earlier that uh, my friend and I uh, were trying to follow along to every show in GCW in 2021. Obviously, that didn't really work out, but we did see a fair amount of shows. And one of the wrestlers that we really liked as we were watching was Blake Christian. Mm-hmm. You know, we we love a flippy twink. What can we say? Um, so we we really like him. He's obviously a fantastic wrestler. And then... This isn't fair of me, and I'm not saying that this is that this is good or I'm proud of myself. I'm I'm just saying that this is a fact. But Blake Christian then signed with NXT, and I felt a little betrayed. <laughs> Why was his name on NXT? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Trey Baxter. I found it. Trey Baxter. Trey Baxter. Wow. He, I don't think he ever got. He, I think he like showed up on Two Hundred Five Live a couple of times. He didn't and that do was anything. It. He didn't do anything. Yeah. So he goes to WWE. He does sweet fuck all, and then he gets released like seven months later. So then he comes back, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Now you come crawling back, huh? Didn't work out over there. Now you're crawling back over here. So I was a little, I was a little standoffish about Blake Christian you know, when he came back. And again, that's a personal problem. That has nothing to do with anything. It's not a reasonable way to to respond to wrestlers who are making the best decision out of an array of choices that they have in the middle of a fucking pandemic, right? right. I'm not trying to say anything about anything, but that's just how I felt in my soul. So... I saw Blake uh, over uh, the New Year's shows where he was just being a huge asshole. And then um, at the end of the the Battle uh, Royale where Masha won, Masha kind of like did like this surprise thing where she like appears out of nowhere and like beats him and wins it the do or die battle royal the, the, the rumble yes yes okay um i uh loved it i it was so like there was like i just remember that there was so much happening and it was so good uh i i was in the crowd for that one and it's just it was just a a, a beautiful chaotic mess to be a part of um <laughs> like i had no idea that it was as long as it was because i was just along for the ride and just the explosion of emotion when Masha won. Like, everybody was so happy for her, and I was so happy for her, and it was so fun. And then Blake Christian just bullies her and just, like, attacks her, and then her friend comes out and attacks him, too, and it's just, like, it's just, like, awful. He's an awful evil little demon and then at every show ever since he's just been an awful evil little demon and and he's just he is just deep in his evil bitch era and i have to say 
I have no choice but to stand. I I have no choice. I have no choice. The quickest way to my heart is to be an evil little gremlin. And like, I think we found the name of this episode, Evil Little Gremlin. Yes. The qu- it's the quickest way to my heart. And he's nowhere else. Nowhere else is he a heel except in GCW. I see him in ROH. He's a babyface. He was just on AEW. Pure babyface. Babyface everywhere. To me, that is just so strange, too. It's just like a complete alternate universe. Like, you see see Blake Christian in GCW, and you're like, why is he not doing that like an ROH or AEW? That would... It's like, come on, you know... Nothing against it. Nothing against him. I like Blake Christian. I think he's a really good wrestler. I'm like, GCW, I think, is where he's thriving right now. Like, he, on, in ROH and AEW, he's teaming with Metal League and AR Fox. And it's like, come on, let's give the guy a little bit of personality. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, it's like his personality gets wiped clean. He, like, steps into the pod or whatever. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, it started out where it was just atlantic city that would that would boo him like it was just atlantic city where he was healed which i didn't know because i was mostly just going to atlantic city shows (laughs) so so i was like he's a heel (laughs) makes sense to me i was mad at him too i wonder i wonder if atlantic city kind of felt that a little bit I, th- um, I think they kind of like they started the trend like and it just kind of grew from there now it's just kind of like yeah no it's like it's cool and that stupid pose he does like in front of the crowd too i love it just, i love it it's just like the rvd pose with his tongue stuck out of his head and he's just like while everybody's flipping him the berg, berg yeah, iconic so ridiculous iconic i love it um so good and okay and now he's got that he, he's got the brass ring thing too doesn't he that he won at spring break. He he does. Yeah. Yeah. But I will get into that in a second. Okay. I just want to talk about during GCW fight night. When he was in his match and somebody in the crowd calls him an unseasoned Eddie Guerrero. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. I think I remember that now. I have heard of backhanded compliments, but I have not heard of a backhanded insult. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Because even an Eddie Guerrero without seasoning is Eddie Guerrero, right? Right, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. But an unseasoned Eddie Guerrero, I've been laughing about this ever since. And the way... He immediately started doing all of the Eddie Guerrero spots. And he still does them now. He does he still them, does he does, them he does, now. He does the three amigos and he does the frog splash. He does, it's a little shoulder shimmy. I I, to, I love it. I love he it. Does it to, he, he does it to piss people off so much and it and it, oh, it, it's working. He really needs to start doing that in ROH and in AEW. I think so that would good. just he would be instant top heel, at least in ROH. Um, he get him, just, yeah, yeah. He is just so charismatic. He has so much personality. I, I, I am a complete Blake Christian fan now. Like I'm bought in. All he had to do was be evil. <laughs> 
I love it. I love him. I'm so excited for what he's doing. And right now, he's kind of nipping at Masha's heels, right? Mm-hmm. It's like at the end of every show, at the end of every defense that Masha has, Blake comes out and he's like staring her down and she's like, you can come in any time. Like we can do this at any time. And so he's like acting all threatening, but Masha's like, no, like come down here so I could beat your ass. And that goes back to the whole breadcrumbs thing with that dear die New Year's battle royal. Exactly. Where Masha came out from behind and threw him out. And that kind of started this whole thing. So um, I I think they're, they're going to save that for a big show down the line here. It could be, um, now when we're recording this, you know, Tournament of Death, Cage of Survival, all that hasn't happened yet. Right. Um, but that's going to be, that's going to be their big match down the line, I, I, I feel. I that, think and that's then, a homecoming match. It could be. And then what? And then Nick Gage is getting involved with stuff too. Um, there was something that he's been that, that they're pushing for him, and he that could be a match at Homecoming too. And that's in August, I think. I think before we get the singles match between them, I think we'll get the mix match between Maki and Nick Gage against Cardona and SDL. I I think I think Nick Gage like being Maki Ito's manager is like really cute. <laughs> No, oh, it's it's fun. It's really cute. It's really cute. I got a I got a Murder Death Kawaii sticker at the last show that I oh, was did at. You? That's, I that's did. Cool. I love it. Um, they're they're really cute. I really like them as a pair. I'm fucking obsessed with Maki Ito's like ribboned up uh, pizza cutter. <laughs> it's such good stuff. Cutest pizza cutter in the world. The cutest pizza cutter in the world. I, she's perfect. I love her. <laughs> hey, so you mentioned something a second ago, um, yes. about the carousel room and the showboat. So that, and I yes. know you something you mentioned too. Uh, the carousel room's closing, and that just kind of came out of nowhere. It did come out of nowhere. I'm actually really cut about it. Um, so for me. I love sort of iconic wrestling settings. You know what I mean? Like American Legion Hall post 308 for PWG, Karakuen Hall. Um, you know, like I, I, I'm kind of like a big fan of, of really iconic wrestling settings. And like for me, the carousel room is one of them. And it's like especially special to me because um, I've had such a great time there. Um, and when I first saw the carousel room, it was when we watched Homecoming 2021 and my friend and I looked at it and we were like, this is absurd. Like, this is awful. (laughs) Like, it's incredible. The vibes are immaculate. Like, I have seen people call the carousel room ugly and like it is, and that's what makes it good. Um, just like all of like the colors and everything and like everything is so gaudy and like there's a there was a big carnival-esque feel to it and like being in the showboat is like there's like there's just like this sense of aged guilt to the whole thing aged guilt yeah like like it 
everything was like gilded and now it's all flaking off so it was always fake to begin with okay so let me let me ask you a question real quick about the yeah. carousel room yeah so for somebody who has never been to atlantic city yeah is not familiar with atlantic city at all kind of just des- describe like the showboat and the carousel room if you could okay okay it was uh it was it was really interesting to me because over New Year's I was walking around Atlantic City, um, and it's like a, it's like a seedy old burlesque theater, I think is the vibe. Um, of the showboat of of the showboat and kind of all of Atlantic City, like okay. all of Atlantic City feels like it was always artifice. But now the artifice is also run down. Um, And like, all of this sounds really mean. And I don't mean it in a mean way. Because like, I think the vibes are kind of immaculate. Like, I kind of I kind of love the 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 vibe of the whole thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Especially when it comes to wrestling, because like, so much of wrestling is kind of like, yeah, I talked in our last episode, I love the the parts of wrestling that are quote-unquote lowbrow I love to celebrate that I love to celebrate the parts of it that aren't polished that are kind of grimy that are kind of messy like I think there's a lot of real and true beauty in that and and that is how I feel about the carousel room and like also the showboat it's like it's not there's there's nothing polished about it right and in that lack of polish you know like so many things that are polished can feel so sterile mm-hmm. and the things that i like about wrestling are the things that can't be sterilized and still remain as they are so unique then yeah yeah definitely i mean mm-hmm. I guess that was a lot of words to say unique, but it's a particular it's okay. kind of unique. It's okay. <laughs> you know, I feel like when a lot of people talk about like, oh, it's unique. I don't know. Like sometimes I feel like if you don't get into the why of it, it can sometimes seem a little pretentious and maybe I already seem a little pretentious. So maybe I've lost no, that that's all right. Do, would, you, would you describe like the carousel room as kind of like an intimate venue? Oh, for sure. Oh, for sure. It's very, it's just like, it's one big room, right? And it's mm-hmm. got chairs set out, uh, set along all, uh, all all around the the ring. And then there's like a lot of standing room, but it's just, it's all one big room. Like everybody's kind of like all chucked in there together. And there are so many times in the carousel room where they've just like, just, just, gone on a journey all through the room knocking chairs aside like falling on fans laps like go like and then like the like go and battle there was this one it was uh it was when effie was uh beating carrie morton's ass and there were just like crowds that were like following them around there was like this one thing with the shopping cart that was just like it was just like and they would go crazy in there and it's because it had a lot of space but everybody was kind of all in there together and then at the edges of the room uh there will be all of these tables set up 
uh, for wrestlers to sell merch and stuff. So you can just like go over and, you know, say hi to people and buy their merch. And like everybody was kind of all in one room and kind of milling around. It did, it, it, it was a very uh, close and intimate venue in a way. It kind of encouraged uh, like lingering and, and, you know, interacting in a way that not a lot of other venues that I have been to do. And there was like a lot more opportunity to kind of interact with your, with your favorite wrestlers and, and whatever. Um, I remember one time I went up to Sawyer Rec and I told her that I really liked the match that she did. Um, and she said something along the lines of like, she like grinned real big and she said something along the lines of, anytime I get to bleed, right? <laughs> and I just kind of uh, <laughs> fell in love with her on the spot. <laughs> and she's got that huge, you can always tell with Sawyerek, she, she is so happy when she's in that ring. She always, the huge, she always has a huge grin that kind of breaks out on her face. And you can just tell she's genuinely enjoying what she does. When I was talking earlier about degenerate pain freaks, um, that was complimentary and Sawyer times 10. <laughs> <laughs> Sawyer, I, I love Sawyer Rec. She's perfect. And yeah, like the energy that she brings in the ring is that she loves to be here. She wants to be here. One of uh, uh, a really, a really favorite match of mine that that happened at Fight Night. It was her versus Rob Shit, And it's the only kind of squash match I like, which mm-hmm. was mostly her just bullying Rob shit around the ring and then pinning him and chasing him off like a baby. It was very fun. I love her very much. She's perfect. Uh, so, fun fact, so I just looked this up. You know yeah. what the last match in the carousel room uh, is for GCW? What, what's the last match? Charles Mason versus Allie Catch. <sighs> That's such a good last match. No, that's the that would be the last match as of now uh, that GCW will have had in the Carousel Room. Probably their match of the year, honestly. The GCW I, match of the year so far. I did not know that that was going to be the last match in the Carousel Room, and I had brought my friends to see it, and we all got to watch it together, and we took a bunch of pictures of ourselves in front of the ring, and now mm-hmm. I'm like really glad that we did that. Yeah. <laughs> It's 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 cool with those venues because you go to these venues and you know you know I've kind of like different venues around you know Ohio and Dayton and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And you go to these venues and they're so cool, and then just like one day, just like you, there aren't shows there anymore, and just like what happened? Yeah, it's really heartbreaking. It is, and it's like you didn't really have a chance to say you know to like have one last you know great show in that venue. You know, you may have gone down on like a last show in that uh, particular venue may have not been the great greatest show ever but yeah. it's like the you know for me it's like the montgomery county fairgrounds in dayton so roh used to run there all the time and and one of the matches i got to see there live was bj whitmer versus necro butcher and a no ropes barbed wire match for ring of honor and it did and it's just it's crazy like all the matches that i mean all the matches that happened in that building and all the history in that building and sadly that building's been demolished now um, the whole yeah. fairgrounds area was demolished, and the whole fairgrounds moved like a little bit northern, you know, a little bit north of Dayton. Uh, luckily, closer to me, um, so I can go to go to more shows at the fairgrounds. Right. Um, but 
just the old building just had such a charm. And I know we were talking about the carousel room, but this, that, that just kind of spurred this memory because, you know, the, the building had no heat in the wintertime, had no AC in the summertime. <laughs> um, but you would have, you know, for Ring of Honor, you would have maybe 300 just like absolutely mad fans there. And they would just be screaming and shouting and just going nuts at the top of their lungs. They didn't care if it was 117 degrees in the building. Didn't yeah. care if it was you know minus twenty in the building with no heat. They went out there and they had a heck of a time. And I, I can't. It's it's hard for me to kind of track down the last show I went to at that venue. Um, but what I've been doing uh, is like I'll go to these little like used DVDs, these little used DVD stores and bookstores kind of around around Dayton sometimes. And every once in a while I'll pop in, I'll check out their DVD sections, and they carry a bunch of wrestling. Um, like VHS and DVD. And I'll, if I see an ROH show from Dayton that I know I've gone to, I'll grab it. Yeah. That way, that way I have the, I have the DVD and I've got like four or five of them right here, like on my DVD shelf. Um, because just because, and I, I found the first, luckily I found the first ROH Dayton show I ever went to. I was like, okay, that's a show I got to have just because of so many good memories, you know, mm-hmm. but it was like the carousel room. But now with like GCW, you can go back and kind of watch that stuff on demand on fight, but, yeah, it's like iconic venues like that are, are kind of few and far between these days. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, you know, a lot of the times they can be kind of flattened out and, you know, either like over polished or they're like, they can be in like really generic looking places or what have you. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, like I just, it was, a, a, you know, uh, Atlantic City seems to be a real home base for GCW and it was just uh it was just a an iconic place and I just have a lot of really good memories there so it was mm-hmm. such a shame to hear that it was gone but I feel really fortunate that I was able to that I got the opportunity to be at that last show and it um I had a match that was so important to me yeah that that that's a great way to to indicate to kind of go out with the carousel room yeah uh, heck of a match like that you can't really really hard to top honestly yeah yeah so you know i'm really i'm really glad for that they're not they're not going to stop having shows at the showboat it's going to be in some other room i guess and you know maybe i'll learn to love it (laughs) but um, i'm just gutted (laughs) i I think a lot of you know even for me someone who really kind of started slowly got into gcw at the end of last year when they did the fight plus stuff you know i'd only seen a handful of stuff from handful of shows in the carousel room I haven't gone back and watched any of those older shows yet, but I did watch a JCW show. They had like the after hours show from there last year, last summer. Yeah. I think that had, uh, I want to say it was like Billy Starks against Maki Ito on it. Oh, that Um, sounds about right. Yeah. Yeah. So I think I went and watched that. That was like the first match I ever saw from the carousel room. Oh, cool. I'd seen clips from it here and there. And that's like, I won this. I didn't want to watch the whole JCW show. I just I wouldn't see that particular match, and then I pulled it up. I was like, oh, "It's a pretty, pretty interesting place." Yeah. Okay. Like you know, I liked the kind of like the whole like the, the colorful ceiling kind of reminded me of like an old, like an old bar, you know, because they would have like, you know, colored glass everywhere, and like some of these old bars or stained glass or what have you, you know. It reminded but me of a circus tent. That too, yeah. Maybe that's kind of what they were going for, like the carousel. I, know, I just picked up like old, old like yeah old bar vibes from it, but. um that could just be me, <laughs> but, but no, I, I do kind of get the circus tent thing now that I 
you mentioned and I and I kind of think about it in my head but yeah that's it just had such a unique look yeah it had such cardi vibes you know and I love I love I love when uh when uh wrestling sticks close to some of its carny roots not all of them but (laughs) the uh the gaudy carnival parts to be sure and you know, to be honest with you, the first time I heard that GCW was running at the Showboat, I was like, "What the hell's the Showboat?" Uh-huh. I, I was imagining like them running like on an actual boat. Oh no! Like, yeah, like, an actual, like you know, like an actual like riverboat, like the Showboat. I was uh-huh. like, I didn't know it was an actual casino. Like I said, I never been to Atlantic City. I had no clue about any of this. Yeah. So they they pull up. I'm like, you know, I start watching those New Year's shows. I'm like, oh yeah, this is the Showboat okay i know what it is now yeah so but yeah i was just imagining them like when they said you know tournament survival is gonna be at the show but i was like what the hell did running tournament up survival outside on a on a riverboat (laughs) in all in all fairness that would be pretty cool to see it was like an old old timey you know riverboat paddle boat and a bunch of death matches up on the top deck and to win the tournament by throwing someone off the boat into the river I don't know, these these weird thoughts come to me whenever I, whenever I hear a venue like that I'm like showboat it's like that sounds like a like a you know like an old old timey gambling riverboat yeah yeah <laughs> I love that uh, somebody needs to book that it's a free idea for for GCW um, <laughs> from us you're welcome <laughs> but yeah yeah I think that's I think that's mostly what um i have wanted to talk about with regards to to gcw mm-hmm. thus far you know charles mason versus joey janela is a thing i think blake christian and masha slamovich are going to be at homecoming um i want masha to win that because he laid her out so bad um mm-hmm. at new year's and i hope that that's what happens um and i'm i'm honestly really, really digging masha's title title run right now oh, she's just having so matches against pretty much everyone you can think of I mean, but alec price uh, uh steph delander yeah that alec, was, alec price match was really good yeah. Every, everybody we mentioned earlier in, in that in that uh scramble match you know, yeah Allison K and, and all and all of them um Mance Warner, she's just kind of she's just everywhere defending that title. Um, so I, I really did speedball from Toronto. That match is incredible. Um, so yeah, she's out there. She's defending that title. She's getting some name recognition and name and on that title. Not to say Nick Gage didn't didn't do that, oh, but she's kind of bring bringing that title to a whole new audience. Yeah, she's so. she's really killing it. I screamed my head off for masha during fight night like just screamed myself hoarse um she was it was great it was great to see her but yeah yeah um and i guess i just wanted to touch on a little bit uh after after discussing gcw i just want to touch on a little bit the ending of aew dark and elevation which the floor is, is yours yeah <laughs> so it's not you know AEW dark and elevation is not strictly indies right but i think um i think it had a really significant impact on the indie scene that i kind of want to want to discuss mm-hmm. um particularly during 2020 and 2021 um where there just 
wasn't work for independent wrestlers right you know mm-hmm. some some shows uh some promotions were doing what they could with outdoor shows but you know it was hard it was hard to get together um it was kind of almost impossible to to stay safe right um and dark and elevation kind of was a place that i feel like just gave an opportunity for independent wrestlers to work and i think was kind of kind of gave support a little bit to independent wrestling at the time and and i think AEW um kind of helped more than hurt the independent scene and like i could be wrong like i'm just an outsider i don't know anything about you know the the money or the the sort of uh, logistics of what was going on but it seemed to me from the outside that those those shows kind of did a good job of like providing work to independent wrestlers maybe in a small way you know kind of lifting them them up a little bit to 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 like be seen more or be more accessible depending on like who they were going up against I saw you know I got to be introduced to wrestlers like the the renegade twins through you know their work on dark and elevation but also you know when they would show up uh when they had the opportunity to show up on aew tv right and you know just kind of looking through the the some of the old some of the results from like 2020 here you know i'm seeing people on there like jimmy havoc um ally you know who the bunny obviously red velvet yeah uh, kylan king um, Butcher and Blade kind of got, you know, got going on there. Robert Anthony, I mean, that's a name from from like the past. Uh, Griff Garrison, who else has been on here? A lot of people. A lot yeah. of people have been yeah. on there. Uh, like there's even one of the early Elevation episodes, or might have been a dark episode. I don't remember. Had JD Drake versus Eddie Kingston. Yeah. Think, so uh, Powerhouse Hobbs, you know, he got his start on Dark and like you know 2020 so i i do agree that you know those those episodes they they mass taped at daily's place uh during during the peak of the whole tan- pandemic it really got independent some of those independent wrestlers out there got them some work when otherwise they didn't have anything to go on right and they were you know they would talk about taping until like three o'clock in the morning and like nobody asked them to do that <laughs> kind of you know what i mean for dark mm-hmm. and elevation i feel like you know i kind of uh was a little bit snide last episode when i said that i don't like that i don't watch dark and elevation because i don't like squash matches um and like that was kind of that was kind of a thing for me i wasn't there there i tried to follow along with dark and elevation but i was really worn down by like the squash and enhancement matches and i just um it, it it did it did in some ways feel a little bit like the, like a waste of my time, but I know that there was really good stuff on there, and I know that there were really good matches on there, and then they would be matches that would be easy um, to share with other people and be really easily accessible that way. And now we don't have dark and elevation any longer, and even though. You know, I didn't watch it. I can't help but feel a little sad and disappointed by it. 
Um, Because I liked that it existed. I liked that it was a platform and I appreciated it during, you know, the worst of the pandemic years where it gave people an opportunity to work. So I guess I just wanted to honor that. And and the thing with those shows too, is like, they're readily accessible on YouTube. The, my only issue with those shows is that they're not labeled very well. Mm. So you can't go back and actually search. Like, let's say you wanted to watch, you know, I'm just going to throw a random date out here. Say you want to watch the March 6, 2021 episode of, of dark. Okay. You didn't, you would need to know what episode number that was. Yeah. So, and you know, you're not going to find that unless you start to do some digging around. Um, but, I mean, if you kind of search, if you kind of have a general idea of, like, the time frame you're looking for, I mean, just kind of, like, watch some episodes. And, you know, I'm looking at some of these results from 2021. I'm seeing people in here like Miranda Alizé, um, Vert Vixen, who's now getting, you know, she's getting some shots and in, in, in impact yeah. uh, in ROH. Um, who else is on it? Like, Baron Black. Um, let's see. Matt Seidel, he he kind of resurfaced there on, on Dark. Jake Manning, the Man Scout. Uh, oh, he's he's great. I love him. He's so good. Um, yeah, all these people, like even, and I mentioned this last time too, that when they would, you know, when they went back to touring, they would grab local guy or local talent from wherever they were. So if they were in Dayton or, or Indianapolis or, or Cincinnati, they would grab local people from like a, you know, like a 90 minute, two hour drive. So you would have all these episodes of dark with just like random local people in there, but it gave you an exposure to those people. And then, you know, those people got it. Those wrestlers got exposure from them, you know, from being on dark and being seen all across the country on YouTube. And I think kind of ROH right now, sort of, sort of filling that void. Um, yeah. Giving, giving kind of, I guess, for lack of a better term, unknowns, but another not unknowns, um, a chance to kind of showcase themselves like these, these, four or five minute matches on tv yeah i will say i think it's um a shame that roh is uh effectively becoming aew dark um but that's a conversation for another place in time i think but yeah i just wanted to give a shout out to dark and elevation you know there was some there was some really good stuff there it did some really good stuff and i'm sad to see it go but on a happier note uh what are we looking forward to in june uh so there's a few things i'm looking forward to first off revolver's got a show coming up in dayton um i wish i was going but unfortunately i'm not because it's got steve macklin versus jake christ for the revolver world title um let's see ace austin and chris bay against motor city machine guns oh shit. Um, yeah i mean that's this is what's been announced as of like the time we're recording this which is <laughs> um and then they've got Alex Cologne against Crazy King in an unlucky 13 staple gun match. Unlucky. Where you have to staple your opponent 13 times before you can pin them or submit them. I have literally never heard of that before, and I love it. I love it. <laughs> yes. Yes, you have to staple your opponent 13 times. I I want to I wanna watch that match. I don't know what that is, but I know that it's I on, want it. It'll be on Fight Plus. Hell yeah. Hell so, yeah. Uh, um, but yeah, Revolver is one of those companies. I say, if you have not seen Revolver yet, do it. Watch it because their shows are so good. Um, 
and there's just have a ton of different people that they that they bring in a lot of impact people a lot of people like from independence uh there's some gcw people pop up in there now and then so they just have all kinds of different matches and occasionally like john moxley will cycle through now and then sammy callahan will um so yeah definitely check out revolver if you haven't ever watched the show and that dayton show coming up in, in mid-june be a great one to start with um they've also have july 1st they've got um their cage of horrors show in iowa which has sgc so second gear crew against the rascals in the cage of horrors which is like their version of the cage of survival from gcw so complete madness all around and it's also got they've also announced speedball against roderick strong oh that should be for that july for the july 1st show and then they have a they're debuting in texas i think the week after so that's kind of what i'm looking forward to coming up here next few weeks what about you yeah um i definitely want to check out those revolver shows that sound those sound like great fun um i am looking forward to and i'm sure you are looking forward to as well since we are both big deathmatch fans but tournament of survival is coming up I love a good deathmatch tournament. I love a good deathmatch tournament. I am rooting for Sawyer Wreck to to win it all. I I, I want it to be her. It, it, it she deserves it, and I want it, and I deserve it <laughs> most of all. <laughs> Death deathmatch tournaments are just just so much fun to watch. Yeah, they really are. Yeah, I don't. Um, I cannot attend unfortunately because I will be traveling. But I will be watching along very fondly, and I'm very excited for uh, Tournament of Survival, Cage of Survival. Uh, I think those are going to be great, great fun. Yeah, it's gonna. I mean, it's gonna be absolute chaos, and it's gonna be wonderful. Yes. Yes. So yeah, so that's been this month in independent wrestling. I think. Yeah. I think we've covered everything pretty much yeah i think we have covered everything so we're going to wrap it up here um thank you for listening to on the indies please check out the other podcasts on the wrestle in network all elite listening flight of five ace techers ocean cyclone show Purovision, tokyo joshi freedom fighters and into the wrestleverse Plus, we've got a bunch of Patreon videos on on Patreon that are Patreon exclusive, a lot of watch-alongs. Just search WrestleIn wherever you listen to podcasts. And you can find me on Twitter at FakeSportFeel. You can find me on Twitter at WriterAdam84. Or you can follow my HWA history Twitter at history of HWA. And while you're there, sign up for the or sign up for my history of HWA Substack. You'll get that every Sunday morning, 10 a.m. right to your email or your Substack app. It's tons of fun. Uh, cover some great stuff there. Um, you know, I'm going to kind of close this episode too with, with something I mentioned earlier. Um, I guess be my tagline maybe from here on out. You know, find something you like and share it with people. That's what Dean Rasmussen did, and that's what I'm going to start doing. Yes, absolutely. You guys have a great one. Thank you for joining us. Bye. Bye. Yay, we did it. You're still recording. I am still recording. I have too many tabs open.